chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0. Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. For the second time in three years, we have an all-English Champions League final as Manchester City and Chelsea sealed their places in Europe's biggest competition, coming May 29th. I'm Alex, here with Javier. We are fresh off Hold of on, let Chelsea. Hold on, let me EPS. edit that for you one more time, Alex. The uh, two richest teams in the world have bought their no, way no, no, no. to the Champions You did this last week. I'm not allowing, I'm not allowing this again. We're yeah, not allowing the this. The two richest teams pretty much in the world bought their way to the Champions League final. Yeah, that's that's all. Here, Javier with Alex. Uh, you know, redid, redid the intro again for you guys. Bought yeah, their fuck way both to the of these teams. Final. Fuck both of these teams, you pieces of shit. Just fucking spend a billion on players over the last five years, both of your teams. You should both be ashamed of yourself, and that's with a transfer ban, Chelsea. I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. We use that Eden Hazard money to go out and get uh, a couple of players. You know, we use the uh, the Diego Costa and Morata money to go out and get a couple more players. Uh, we just we were on a transfer ban, so we waited until last year to to actually buy them. So, you know, it's it, it's all above board. It's all it's all perfectly fine. Um, we're like literally a couple of minutes, maybe half an hour uh, from the final whistle of that Chelsea 2-0 win over Real Madrid. It probably should have been much more. It should have oh, been like a huge guys, statement game. You guys had like four or five 1v1s where you should have scored over the two legs. And then probably another three or four half chances that in any given day that they could have resulted in a goal. So, yeah, I mean, Chelsea... I think deserves finalists here from good. There, there I was going to say you better say it. Yeah, there wasn't <laughs> a, a team that you guys played where I thought Chelsea didn't deserve to go through. You deserve to go through against Atletico, Porto, and Real Madrid. Granted, this is probably the easiest run to a final I've ever seen for a team. I know that Atletico and Real normally are not I an mean, easy team to, to go through. You and Andrew picked against Chelsea in both of those legs. I mean, you picked Chelsea to go ahead against Porto, but that's not. You know, you don't deserve that. But you guys were both like, yeah, yeah. no, I don't no, think Chelsea fair. get through that's this. that's fair. And this honestly, one. Real Madrid really let me down. we just put big down. middle fingers up to the city of Madrid. We swept the city of Madrid in the same Champions you League you season. Put, you put the city of Madrid in their place. And it's just, it's kind of shocking to me that uh, this is a team who were in ninth place coming around Christmas, you know, in the fifth round of the FA Cup in, you know, the Champions League round of 16. They did get through the group stages, but... This wasn't a team that you thought could ever make a Champions League final or was going to make top four for the season um, or was going to make an FA Cup final. I don't, no, I I mean, don't agree I know with that. That, I know that, that was the expectation that. for plenty of people in terms of the league. 
but I think you're talking about how bad we were. This on is, I'm form just saying how you under looked Frank under Lampard Frank Lampard around yeah. January. Yeah, you looked really shit, and you looked like there was no way that that team was going to be able to come through th- this time of the year and and pull through the business end. I mean, the fact that we're I think what 20 games into Tuchel's and he's lost one game or something. I mean, that's just absurd. You couldn't you couldn't have never predicted something like that or thought that this type of turnaround would happen. You know, 16 wins, four draws, and one loss, something like that. I mean, it's 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 like. So it's technically two losses because the second leg against Porto was a one nil loss, but that didn't. I don't. I don't ah, actually. Yeah, count I that. forgot about that. The only other one was the five two against West Brom, which, as I said immediately after it, was a fluke, and that has been proven true. So all things are uh, good at Chelsea uh, right now. Golo Conte with another just monster yeah, performance. Just you know, stole the ball for the for Chelsea's second goal there, laid off a and beautiful for the pass. First. He probably should have scored. He he was put in by Timo Werner like ten or fifteen minutes yeah. earlier, and, and like had an easy one v one with Thibaut. That Thibaut made like three or four like God saves. You know, he was just thinking to himself like Ah, like I'm destroying Chelsea, keeping my team in the game, and then <laughs> sure he is. Yep, nothing happened on the other end. So Thibaut Thibaut's yeah, efforts were all I, for nothing. I don't think Real registered a shot from like the thirty sixth minute, which was a great save by Mendy. That was probably like the the closest Real came to scoring. Um, and they didn't register another shot until like late in the second half. It was honestly surprising how all Chelsea it was for the majority of the, the 180 minutes of, of, of both legs. So I'm uh, extremely happy with that, though I, it does have to be said, it, it did kind of seem like a passing of the torch uh, from Real Madrid, not necessarily to us specifically, but they looked like an older team that's had to go through a very busy uh, fixture list. I was going like to say, it was kind of hard teams. for them to... Um, we looked like a young, rested team that was hungry to yeah, make to a statement. to keep up sustained pressure on you guys and to really move the ball quick enough to break you guys down. I thought that, like you said, they kind of just looked labored. And then they had players like Mendy and Ramos starting who hadn't played in weeks. And you could tell they were just not up to snuff. I mean, Ramos was, you know, almost gave four or five goals God. away. Kai his, Havertz had his way yeah, with Sergio Ramos. Sergio Ramos. It was yeah. it was so great to watch, and especially off the back of his two goal performance against uh, Fulham last weekend. It's uh, Kai, it's Kai great Havertz to have is a man a bunch in form. He's, uh, he's actually form. one who seems to be coming into yeah, you know, and and Timo Werner is getting goals and assists uh, in these games. He's not playing terribly. He's not scoring as much as he should. Again, he had another really easy finish here off of a uh, Kai Havertz shot that hit off of the was it the post right. Um, the crossbar. The crossbar. But I think that this Real Madrid team, very disappointing. Um, and on the, uh, the other token, Manchester City broke their duck, making it to the yeah. Champions League final. They beat PSG pretty comfortably 2-0 as well. So I didn't get to... Well, I, I had the game on, but it was a it was a busy day at work, so I wasn't really uh, fully focused on it. But it, it just kind of seemed like, uh, from what I could gather, so uh, in the PSG first half, In the never... first half, yeah, PSG played, I'd say, pretty well. You know, they pressed City well. City couldn't get into a, a rhythm. But even though City were playing badly, they still got a goal in the first half, which was kind of against the run of play. And then once City got that goal, you just kind of felt like the tie was over. And then in the second half, PSG just put up absolutely no fight at all, um, just kind of died with a whimper and were kind of pathetic in the end with just the petulance and the tackles that they were putting in on Manchester City. They they, they put up absolutely no effort to, to really finish this game strong or, or even try to get back in the tie. Um, you know, Kylian Mbappe wasn't fit enough to, to even make it on the pitch. And just Neymar, you could tell, 
was not enough for this team to make it through to a Champions League final. I think they needed their two their two star players here, and without that drive um, that Mbappe gives you, they were just they just did, weren't good enough. They just were playing, and that midfield of Paredes, Verratti, and uh, Herrera was. Again, like they had a lot of energy in the first half, but they completely fell off in the second half and were just putting in petulant tackles. And I think all three of them got yellow carded and, and Di Maria ends up getting sent off for uh, a second yellow for a stamp that he, he made on Fernandinho. So like just overall for PSG, you got to think that if uh, Kylian Mbappe is, is he's not re-signing the contract, I think he's got a year left on his deal after this. They're going to have to probably sell him this summer if he doesn't want to re-sign. And because you're not going to want to lose an asset like that for free, and if if Kylian Mbappe does leave, I, I I think that's the end of this like PSG era of like getting to Champions League semifinals and finals. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they'll get a lot of money and probably try to replace them with a player or two, but I don't think Neymar with any X player, unless it's like maybe Erling Holland, is going to make it to like a Champions League final or 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 a right. semifinal. They need to go well, out I mean, and get some sort of talent like that to replace Mbappe. But, well, if anything, doesn't this project kind of show us that it's not necessarily the best idea to just have the two best uh, attacking players in the world or two of the best attacking players in the world and, you know, kind of hope from there? You, you need a bit more. So if anything, you'd probably uh, hope to see that money kind of spread around the squad a little bit more. So, I mean, and, and Pep, that's Pep not to Guardiola. say they don't spend money in other positions, but... Pep Guardiola getting finally his Champions League with Manchester City. He's now done it with every club he's been at. Um, and you got to think whoa, with whoa, whoa. his record in... What? what do you mean? You got to... Didn't he make it to the Champions League final with Bayern? No. No, no, no. He lost to the semifinal. That was the furthest he went. Oh. We, I thought he we made were just it to talking, We were just talking about his record in yeah, finals his record, I was about to say, today. His record in finals He's only lost unreal. like one final, and it was like a decade ago in the Copa del Rey against Mourinho's Real he's Madrid. Never, when, he's never lost like a, like a final that he's really cared about. Yeah, and that Copa del Rey final that they lost, that was the year that I think uh, they had to play Real Madrid in like four games in three different competitions over 14 days. And they, they, they won in the Champions League semifinal against Real uh, they beat Real in the league to to wrap up the the league win, and then the one that they dropped was the Copa del Rey, which you know, in order of priority, to those uh, to, to to Barcelona and most people, would not be uh, the yeah. most meaningful trophy. So uh, not not that meaningful. And we'll we'll talk about more about both of these teams in the final. But honestly, well, we're probably talk both... about both these teams probably today because you're going to get a preview of yeah, the Champions true. League final this weekend that's on true. Saturday at like twelve thirty p.m. So, yeah, uh, we'll see tomorrow uh, with the Europa League results, whether we have a, another repeat of the, the, the two European yeah. finals, I both mean, I'm being nervous. all English. This is, this is our biggest game of the season here. We got we to gotta show off. I mean, Kieran Tierney's back in training, Lacazette. Everyone's been training so far these last few days. Uh, the only one who's a doubt looks like to be David Luiz. I don't know how fit Lacazette's going to be. Um, Aubameyang and Tierney all have, you know, not had much game time in the last month or so. So... I just need we need these, we need our big players to show up. We need our young players like Saka and Odegaard to to show up as well. And you know this is Unai Emery. The, he brought on Coquelin when he was two 0 up at halftime <laughs> in this last Europa League game, and we were able to like you know win the second half one 0 even being down a man. So I think we were a weakened side in that last leg. That was not our our best side. I think we we're going to play something close to our best side in this leg and. Just, just remember, Javier. Gotta show by up. the time they gotta show by up. the time people listen to this, uh, it probably will already have been played. So, uh, 
I mean, expect, yeah, well, it'll they can tonight, listen to but... me. They can listen to me, you know, hoping that we make it because it's what it is right now. It's our only yeah, got, chance of like salvaging this season. Enough chance. You're only down one and you've gotten away goal. So uh, let's uh, turn our attention to some Premier League. Not much to recap uh, other than the fact that the Manchester United Liverpool game last weekend that we spent a, a big chunk of last week. Yeah, week's that was probably the biggest storyline of the weekend. Like the games didn't postponed. really matter. Yeah, the, the game was postponed on Sunday after a fan protests outside of Old Trafford uh, poured in. Poor, into poor Andrew the did stadium. half of his episode of, of plus, plus money, money on Manchester United Liverpool, mm-hmm. and then like all of those bets There's and everything they talked about, about just kind of <laughs> the got, got the game of the week. kicked to the side. <laughs> uh, they've rescheduled it, it looks like, for next week in, in a very strange move where Manchester United are going to have to play this weekend against Aston Villa. A triple in the league. game week. They'll, they'll play. Uh, Leicester on Tuesday, next next Tuesday in the league, and then they'll play Liverpool on Thursday. So, whew, that's uh, that's a doozy. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal, specifically for Manchester United, just because you know they'll have already played. They're through to the final of the Europa League. They can rotate players in Rome. They're up six two or whatever it was. They can rotate players there. Play their full team against Villa. It can play a week inside against Leicester because, you know, Manchester United have already basically wrapped up top four and then play their full team again against Liverpool. So I'm I'm thinking for uh, Liverpool, it's probably a little stranger one because, you know, that 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 last tough game we talked about against Manchester United was uh, then going to be followed by like the three easy games, quote, easy games afterwards. But, you know, now they'll Liverpool will have to. Uh, play Southampton Saturday this Saturday three fifteen, and then they'll have that Manchester United game on on Thursday. So, and and I think they're all they're all pretty used to the schedule just being hectic in this time of the season, right? Yeah, so. the, but the fact that Liverpool play on Saturday and then United play on Sunday and Tuesday before that game, you gotta you gotta think that that that's gonna make Liverpool favorites. Yeah. Most likely, and just because it it, it doesn't mean I mean but, but every yeah, Manchester let's, United let's Liverpool recap, game I guess means the something. only the only game that really mattered this weekend, sort of. Well, no, okay, I, I, we can't we can't leave the Manchester United Liverpool fan protests just oh, you're there. Right. We we, you're right. we do have to. Like, right. we well, gotta, tell me what what did you think when you first saw you know hundreds of fans pouring onto the pitch at Old Trafford uh, a couple of hours before kickoff was set it, to go? I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it because. I understand why fans are unhappy and why they're protesting and such like that. But at the same time, the, it seems like a very minuscule or like, I don't know what the right word is for it, but unimportant thing to be protesting. Like for, for people to be going crazy and like, what, I, like, I don't know if you should be like, I, like what exactly. Well, I'm saying like, there's like, you know, like, I don't know, human rights violations or like, you know, governments are being overthrown or like, d- Dictators. I don't know. Those are things that like I think of when I think of protests. When I think of like a protest at a football game, I'm like, oh, like they flew a flag over the stadium or like they chanted in the stadium. I don't think of it as like let's break into a ground, like destroy property, you know, like light things on fire, you know, set off flares in the stadium. Things like that, I think, is taking it too far, like especially for football. Like this is like this is a game. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I know that, like, some people are like, oh, it's my life. Like, if, if like, I'm one of those people, too, who, like, if Arsenal lose, yeah, I'm not in a great mood for that you day. plastic. Yeah, but not, like, <laughs> no, but I'm not, like, I, 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 I'm sure for the people who are 
local it's it's even more for them it's like been part of their community and and it's it's hard to like understand that connection that the club has with the people local people of the community but you never want to take it to this far right i think that there's a there's a proper way to do things and you never want to take it to the point where you're destroying property or or some people might say that the only way that you can get the attention of the owners is to you know do extreme measures like this and I don't know where I stand on that side of the fence. I don't. I think it's a little bit too far. I'm, I've got no problem with them protesting outside the stadium and and you know making their voices heard and you know even even making their voices heard to the players. But like blocking off the vans of the players or like threatening That's violence. That's exactly to what them. the Chelsea fans did uh, before the Brighton game. By the way, yeah, they 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 were planning. They stopped the. That's why the kickoff was delayed for that Brighton game. I just they I think that the, the I think it's all a little in. bit too far in the name of you know, getting owners but, out of a club. Like you're not like, this isn't an who, insurrection who are, of a government who's killing people and like doing human rights violations. This is a, this is a game. Like this is a business. I'm so sorry that you don't like how it's being run. And like, you think that the soul of your club has been taken away. Like all of that may be so true. Those, those two things aren't the same thing. I think that's the point of the protest. You saying this is a game. This is a business. No, it's not. I mean, it has been turned into a business, but at its essence, and that's obviously well, okay, but if what you the want whole argument club, revolves around, it is a game that was built by the communities around these clubs. The people got together and built these clubs, and the only reason it has turned into a business is because of the foundations those people set. I, I'm all for the protest. I had no problem with it whatsoever. Maybe I'm a little uninformed and I haven't heard about some of the more serious things you're, you're talking about. Destruction of property. I don't give a shit about that for Manchester United. You know, that's not they, they've had plenty of time to invest into that community around the stadium and they've just sort of neglected to do that. They've put money into the team only to help their own bottom line to get back into Champions League. And I'm talking about they is the owners, but they don't invest into any of the, the the areas around immediately Old Trafford or anything like that. They don't invest into the the fan experience at all. So fuck their property. Manchester United fans, it finally boiled over with the Super League, but this has been coming for a long, long time. You remember the the green and white scarf uh, initiative? I forget the exact thing uh, name for it. Back in I think it was two thousand nine or two thousand ten when they they first started protesting with those. Uh, it, it's it's been a slow burn that's been quickly ha- quickly has turned into a a very large fire that someone's just like dumped gasoline on top of with the Super League announcement. So it makes total sense to me that Manchester United fans reacted that way. Um, and again, if the, anyone was hurt, I think I saw one, like a couple of cops were were hurt during the the trying to handle the protest. But I think the initial uh, push of fans into the stadium, I don't think it was violent per se. I mean, maybe the people in there felt threatened by all like these hundreds of people walking around in there that weren't supposed to be. But you know, I didn't I didn't see anyone like attacking anyone else. I saw like part of the ground being like like ripped up or the stands or something being ripped up and then just to make a statement for the cameras but then they all got out of there so uh yeah i I don't have a problem with it i I thought it's just natural in all protests for things to gradually uh escalate for lack of a better term and you know it started with the chelsea protest a couple weeks ago where like i said they blocked the vans from coming in and it caused kickoff to be delayed and 
then it went to the Arsenal protest uh, during the or before the Everton game, where there were even more fans outside of the Emirates than there were outside of Stamford Bridge, and for pretty good reason, since you guys are kind of in the same boat as Man United, as having more issues with your owners before the Super League than the team like Chelsea did. And then it's finally boiled to the point where Manchester United fans are saying we have to up the ante even more in order for this protest to, to gain notice. So it makes sense to me. Um, what it will what it will uh, end up in, I don't know. But I can tell you uh, yesterday, the Chelsea Supporters Trust uh, officially, or I think Chelsea, the club, also announced that there will officially be a supporter involvement on the board. There will be rep- multiple representatives of the Supporters Trust at the Chelsea board meetings. Now, they haven't gotten voting rights yet, but I think that's the next step. And that's something that the Supporters Trust at Chelsea have been pushing for for at least a decade now. And their protest and this the whole outcry from the Super League has led to that uh, that progress at board level. So hopefully we see something like that in, in terms of any kind of progress uh, and rebuilding the relationship between the fans and the club at Manchester United. Um, but something like this had to happen for any kind of progress uh, to be possible, I think. So maybe don't pro- maybe don't do this every week. Otherwise, the schedule might get like a little too scary. But I think for this week in such a big game, the marquee game of the weekend, it, it, it was appropriate. Um, they, 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 they did get their point across. That. They did get their point across. I think there's there's a couple notable results here we, we should go over, right? Like... Uh, Southampton drew or Leicester drew with Southampton, which is kind of a big deal for them, especially because Southampton went down to 10 men like 10 minutes into the game. Restegard got a red card, and then they actually went up 1 0, and Leicester had to come back to get the draw. Do you think that this could be because Leicester have some decently hard games after this? Do you think that there's still a chance that they can drop out of top four here? There's a chance, but it's, it's, it's limited because. There's, there's five still, points between I, them I and West Ham I feel comfortable about now. Chelsea, and we're technically still below them, and we have just as hard, if not a tougher schedule uh, for the rest of the Premier League season than Leicester. Um, so I, I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm, I'm not worried just yet, but I believe Leicester have one more, uh, let's say, cupcake. Yeah, they play Newcastle Friday at 3 p.m. And even though we've seen Newcastle... You know, get some results no, against the top teams. I think they're, they're they're safe now, and yeah, they should uh, they'll just ride off into the night safe for another Premier League season. So I, I don't really have any problems with Leicester in that game. And then from there, Manchester United, and I think uh, Chelsea and Tottenham. Yeah, again, it's tough to say, but it will depend a bunch on the the results around them. So I'm actually okay to you know mention some of the last weekend's games probably in passing while we talk about the games to come up this weekend yeah because you know like you said there there weren't too many no i mean uh, the, the other big big game i think where we were thinking if everton could get the win there that they could possibly challenge for top four but the the the, the way that they lost that game against Aston villa where they absolutely got annihilated i mean villa should have had five or six goals the the first half was so fun to watch there was i think like 10 shots from both teams five on target each like saves are made from both keepers and for villa to get the win here it just shows that even without grealish there's still a good side with grealish this would have been a side fighting for the the top seven spots i have no doubt about that um and they've got they've got a bunch of good young talent and ollie watkins is for real 
Um, it looks like they that the the Brentford strikers, you know, I think it wasn't wasn't. Um, there's that kid now, uh, or he's not a kid. He's 24, 25. But there's a, a striker right now, Ivan Tony, who's playing for oh, Brentford. Who's still, who's with, still playing for them? Yeah, yeah. He has thirty goals and ten assists. So like, it seems like whoever whoever comes in at that main striker role for Brentford ends up being a, a very very good player because um, Pereira and Pereira and West Brom is who's probably been. West Brom's best player this season, and then um, we've got Ollie Watkins here. Both of them have done very well in their first seasons in the Premier League. So watch for that uh, Ivan Tony guy. Who? When, when did Pereira play for them? I know Saeed Benrama played for them uh, up until last summer's transfer window when he moved to West Ham. But Pereira was on West Brom before that. Oh, he was on West Brom. Yeah, not Brentford. Okay, never mind. Yeah, but they have so, so, Tony, okay. like you said, they have uh, Umbuemo, I think his name is, who's a winger, who's kind of filled in for or ben, Saeed Benrama's replacement. So, uh, yeah, Brentford have a nice little miniature pipeline going on for attacking players in the Premier League recently. Let's get started with some of the previews for this weekend. We already mentioned that Leicester-Newcastle game Friday at 3 p.m. Uh, Leeds and Tottenham will kick off the Saturday games at 7.30 a.m. We should probably mention this one since Tottenham... Just had a four nil win over yeah, I mean, and, Sheffield. And, and, and this is the type kind of, game of keeps that, them in the race. Yeah, kind of keeps them in the race. They obviously must win out for the rest of the season to have any chance of top four. But we should mention that West Ham got a very nice two one win over Burnley. Mikel Antonio is back in the side, got a brace in this, um, and they came back from behind again. West Ham don't have the worst end of the season. They they're going to play Everton now at a time where Everton probably realize that they're out of top four contention maybe they still think that they can make it into that seventh or, or sixth spot for Europa so it's not like they've got nothing to play for but for me that's one of the one of the big games of the weekend um that's Sunday at 11 30 West Brom Everton or West Ham Everton do you think that like does that have draw written all over for you it has goals uh yeah I think there's gonna be a lot that. of goals because it could be a draw but uh I, I think you'd have to lean towards West Ham right now I Just think so overall too. form wise, and um, yeah, the Everton coming off a, a loss to Villa where they conceded a million chances, like you said. Uh, West Ham, especially with Antonio back in the mix, they weren't a bad team before he was uh, before he was back, but uh, he certainly adds a bit more of a cutting edge to, keep, to them. If they're able to keep Declan Rice and they're able to, here you go, go, go in big go, picture again. Go and sign a proper strike. Go and sign Evan Tony. You know, I no, think no, no, go sign. Give us give us forty million for Tammy Abraham. Yeah, th- that wouldn't See, be a bad move th- for them either. Don't ever but, don't ever say we never gave you anything, West Ham. Well, I'm sure neighbors. you guys are going to try to. You guys are probably going to be like, all right, Tammy and twenty million for Rice, and they're just going to be like, dude, fuck off. They're, you're, they're, oh, Tammy's worth sixty. You know, that's your eighty right there. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I don't but, know. No, but I, don't I think know West Ham. I think this West Ham side target. have uh, have a very good base if they can keep um, a couple. You know, Suchek and Rice in this West Ham side for a couple more years and then add to those pieces. I think West Ham are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the, in a, the next couple of years. Um, what what does a force to be now. reckoned with mean? Like taking points off of the top six teams and threatening yeah, that top they did six. That, they did that anyway before. No, this is the first year they've ever done it, though. They've never been this good in the Premier League. This no, is the best come on. West they, uh, you don't remember the Dimitri Payet year where they almost got Champions League that year as well? They've 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 done this before and then fallen back off once they've lost their most important players. But you, I get it. You already said they have to keep their best players to do that, which is 
obviously true. But in regards to this Everton game this weekend, it's it's going to be, like you said, probably one of their last uh, their really tough games. But I, I think they're good enough to to win it. I'm, uh, I'm going to say 3-2. Say like, yeah, I'm going to say 3-2 West Ham. Ah, the classic West Ham scoreline this season. 3-2. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stand. Actually, I'll say 2-2. Two, two. I'll, uh, I'll go for the draw you suggested. F- Let's jump yeah. back to that Leeds-Tottenham game because Tottenham are not completely out of it. They're on 56 points in sixth place. Gareth Bale Five got a hat trick Chelsea. against Sheffield. Yeah, but do I need to say anything about he looked good. being he Sheffield? He good in that. I'm just saying, okay. in this in this Leeds game, Leeds always leave themselves open to counterattacks. I think Son and, and, and Gareth Bale could tear them up, um, especially because Harry Kane doesn't seem to be 100% fit. But he's basically playing like a, like a center attacking mid and just dropping into midfield and, and pinging balls to Bale and Son and just being that facilitator of like the assist before the assist or the assist. And he, he plays in that role very, very well and, and just being a deep threat of like, you know, late runs into the box and, and headers as well. So I, I think that this Tottenham side, they look to be a little bit revitalized attacking wise under Mason. I think that this is just kind of natural coming out of a, under Mourinho's shadow of I'm sure he was always screaming at them to for their defensive assignments and what they were supposed to do. And did I you think hear what he could, did after he got fired? I think this could be a fun one. What do you do? He, he was fired, I think, while he was taking training. So instead of training them as usual, oh, he like he just had them all, all sit them, down right? and he just talked shit to their faces and just told them what they were all terrible at individually for the like the entire training session, which just makes me think like good on him. How much more like <laughs> Jose got? <laughs> how, much, how much worse? A run can you be as a club to fire a manager as he's taking training like at least wait until after the training or do also, it before the and then before get him out a of cup there final that he got you to yeah yeah we've already been over that part uh but yeah, but so. yeah tottenham is trash we we all know that but i think that, i think they can beat this elite side but i think this is going to be a fun game i think it's going to be like four three or something like that like something absurd between Leeds and tottenham because it seems like spurs defending wise significantly worse now but attacking wise, they're fun again, fun to watch again, and they just kind of go for it because they have nothing to lose. So um, I think these are going to be two teams that don't have really that much to lose. Tottenham still think that they're an outside shot for this top four, and you know still probably think they can get Europa League. So see, which, one four nil win over Sheffield does not equal them uh, being good. Uh, you know, going forward to me, no, but but it's, but. But I've before also, that, they beat Southampton two one in like the very last minute. It was a struggle. I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, if they if they do something like a four one or four two against uh, Leeds this week, then yeah, we can start talking about that. But the the level of pressure on the ball that you you receive when you're playing against Leeds as opposed to playing Sheffield is it's two completely different worlds. Sheffield are usually going to drop off and try and get men behind the ball a bit more and leads are just concerned with winning it back as soon as possible something that you would usually use to describe pep guardiola's teams and we 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 did just see what uh what man city did to tottenham in that cup final a week or two ago tottenham you know they 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 didn't have all of that sweet sweet time on the ball to to try and uh, pick their opponent apart and they looked completely toothless as a result Uh, the cane injury is is a uh, yeah, I think that does hold them back, but yeah, I'll probably say like three-one Tottenham in this, just to keep their uh, their top four hopes alive. I, I think they can they can manage that. Plus, you have uh, 
You have a little bet going, don't you, that Leeds are going to stay down in the bottom half of the table? They're in 11th right yeah, now? Yeah, that's my hope. That's my hope. Yeah, they got to stay in 11th. I don't want them to... I think that's where they're going to stay. I think they're going to finish what if 11th. They, what if they passed you guys? Uh, That'd be very they're, embarrassing. They're, <laughs> you're, uh, let's see, you're two points ahead of them right now. If they passed you guys and they got into the top half of the table and you lose that bet, that no, would be pretty It's not bad, happening, yeah. Alex. It's not happening. Yeah, okay. My team's not going to let me down here. Although they have well, all season. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we'll hit on real quick. Sheffield United and Crystal Palace will play Saturday at 10 a.m. Um, that's, you know, dead rubber, basically. And then that aforementioned Champions League final preview between Manchester City and Chelsea will be going on in the Premier League this weekend, Saturday at 12.30 p.m. We talked a little bit, you and I, over text about how both teams approach this one. Manchester City haven't technically wrapped up the title yet. I think they would have if Liverpool beat Manchester United on Sunday. It's it's kind of now become... I mean, Manchester City have done this in every single since they've had Champions League. Now that there's a couple weeks to the final, so I don't really know what Pep's going to do. But he's basically rotated two full teams almost. You know, on the bench has been his Champions League team, and he still has Aguero, Jesus, Cancelo, Laporte, Nathan Ake. You know, he still has a completely stacked team that he can play. Um, and I'm sure he'll we'll see all of those players on Saturday. I don't think that Pep will think that he'll... You know he'll still have all of his his main guns, his De Bruyne's and and Gundogan's, and um, you know even Raheem Sterling's now on the B team. So he's got you know Raheem Sterling and and he'll probably give Riyad Mahrez a rest and bring these guys off the bench if they need. But I don't think this is the end all be all for City. I think even if they get a draw here, that's not a bad result. Um, and for Chelsea, I think a draw wouldn't be too terrible either, uh, considering yeah, you're coming it. off a big Champions League game and. Honestly, like like a nil nil or a one one draw is 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 probably what's going to happen here. I, I I imagine Tuchel's just going to try to keep it as tight and as close as possible, and and just play on the counter attack, much like what you guys have been successful at this season. Obviously, if you can sneak a win out of this, it would be massive. It would pretty much just give you top four, like if you get a win out of this. But I I don't see that happening either. See both of these are these are the, this is the battle of the two teams with the best second teams. Like you guys have a lot of good players on the bench too, who you could bring on here. You know, Pool Six only played twenty minutes in the last three games. You know, he should be fresh and starting for this next game. And okay, um, he hasn't played only twenty minutes. He played most of the Real Madrid first leg. Didn't play against Fulham and then came on for the last twenty minutes today against Real Madrid. So yeah, okay. he could he could start. He's just but, he's yeah, been he's been fresh. Plenty of players he's so fresh. He can rotate. Yeah. I, I was saying to you, and I actually think this is a a really big factor in this game, that the fact that these two teams will be playing in the biggest game in club football in a couple weeks here, I think May 29th is the final, uh, it, it leads me to believe that neither manager is going to want to, you know, like give their hand, give away their hand. They don't, they don't want to see, they don't want each other to know how they've adjusted since that FA Cup semifinal a few weeks back. And granted, that game was between two teams that were slightly uh, rotated also. Uh, But this league game, while it's not meaningless, it's uh, both teams are in a good enough position in the league that I feel like they can kind of keep it tight, keep it boring, and it's going to end nil-nil or one-one. Um, now, now City could just say, say screw that and go. Yeah, I'm going to say one-nil Man City with like an Aguero penalty. That's reasonable as well. 
Yeah, Aquero always scores against us at the Etihad and he, as well. And he seemed he scored a beautiful goal last weekend. I know that like they were against Crystal Palace, but he actually looked pretty good. And Pep said after their their you know pretty easy beating PSG four one on aggregate over two legs. I think that Pep was saying that like there was a lot of really good players in training who really wanted to make it for this game and didn't. And I think right now this this city side like everybody's playing well. Like everyone's elevating each other to a level that. They want to win the Champions League. Say the this same year. about Chelsea. Yeah, absolutely. You could say the same about Chelsea. This is this is two sides who even their second teams have performed well and player every every player is trying to claim their spot for that final. So just expect like they they get to play Mendy, Ake, Laporte, and uh, Cancelo as their back. And that's their backup back four, right? They play Diaz. Well, Cancelo Walker. usually starts for them. Right. No, Cancelo hasn't been. He like he didn't start in this last game in the against in the Champions League, and well, he's like the 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 jack of all trades for Pep. He kind of plays him in, in different positions, but it's crazy how they they can rest Cancelo in this Champions League game, and I'm sure he's going to be fresh to play against you guys on over the weekend. And they've got we always talked about them not having enough center backs. Now that they, they have got like four very very good center backs in Stones, Diaz, Laporte, and and Ake, and. And then you know, Rodri and Fernandinho can yeah, also uh, right. They, I think last season Rodri 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 didn't start the game against PSG. Um, was able to come on in the second half and just com- completely kill things off for them. Again, these are players who all got to rest over the Champions League, and they're all going to sure start against Chelsea. So I'm going to give the slight edge to Manchester City here. They're also at home. Um, they're on a run. I think they're going to want to close out the title. So I'm going to say one nil Man City. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll stick with a uh, with a draw, a boring low scoring draw. Uh, let's move on, though, to the last game of Saturday afternoon, Liverpool-Southampton. We mentioned last week, uh, and you know nothing's really changed since Liverpool haven't played, uh, that games like this, and uh, I think they have West Brom and maybe Palace to finish out the season after that Man United game. Games like this, you would usually look at and think... Liverpool should win this and, you know, get their name back into the running for top yeah, four. They just, they just got those draws against Leeds and against Newcastle. So you just, you just, you, you doubt them right now. You, 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 you've got that little seed right now where you're just like, does Liverpool deserve to make top four with the way they're playing right now? I, I would say no. I would say that the, the other four teams that are in the top four right now have done more this season. I know that coming in, in December, Liverpool were top of the league. They've gotten really unlucky with injuries and stuff like that. But a lot of Liverpool's problems in the last couple of months have been their own doing. You know, it's not like they've been conceding a ton of goals. It's just that their finishing has been has just not been there. Their, their front three hasn't been performing. I'll say Salah has been decent. He hasn't been his usual self. He's got well, Premier League uh, top scorer right now. He is. He, he so. is, which is which is a testimony to how good Mohamed Salah is. Where he's not having his best season, and he's he had COVID, and you know he's he's been out of rhythm at times. For him to still be the Premier League top scorer, you know that's that's kind of crazy. But Are I think that, I think no, I think they'll 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 eke out this game. I'm going to say two one Liverpool. Okay, I'll say uh, I'll say one one. Southampton showed me enough uh, last week against Leicester. Uh, Wolves and Brighton will kick things off on Sunday, 7 a.m. Definitely not waking up for that. Uh, Aston Villa and Man United will be the second game Sunday at 9.05 a.m. That's a weirdly specific time for kickoff, uh, but should probably hit on that real quick. Yeah, that could be a really fun game. I think Aston Villa... They still have a game in hand. They have a game in hand. If they win it, they're going to be a point behind Everton. So you got to think that they... 
they still probably think of themselves as like, all right, maybe we can get Grealish in at the end of the season, the last couple games. And if they can get a good run of form for these last five games that they have, maybe they can finish seventh, which I think is just a, is looking like it's very likely going to be a Europa League spot. Um, I think there is so a situation, could, guys. Could eighth become a Europa Listen, League spot? There is a, a couple of outside scenarios right now that have suddenly become much, much more likely, which is if Chelsea go and win the Champions League and somehow Arsenal go through, beat United in the final of the Europa League and Chelsea don't finish in top four and West Ham do, Chelsea would still get the Champions League through winning the Champions League and West Ham would actually the fourth spot would no longer be England's spot there's also the possibility that Europa League obviously now is going to be occupied by a team that's not going to be in Europa it's going to be in Champions League next year so that automatically gets pushed off to the seventh spot I don't know if it's possible that the eighth spot can get Europa Um, I don't know what scenario that would have to be but I know that up to seventh five six and seven almost very likely will be given Europa next year. I think if if Chelsea win the Champions League and finish fifth, then maybe eighth place becomes Europa. Maybe, I, maybe we just hold off until yeah. all of that is like decided. Yeah, you know, that's so. it's a little bit of a weird scenario, but yeah, I mean they still have all, they still have something to play for. I think Villa could st- are still outside shots with that game in hand to 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 get a, a seventh place spot and. The, they have to win this game, but then again, Manchester United—you got to think that they're going to play mostly a second team against Roma on Thursday, and then want to win this Villa game. So, I want to say, I'm going to say two-one United. Yeah, I'm going to say three-one United uh, until Grealish is back. I don't see them. Uh, Coming out on top of Manchester United, so. Although to be uh, fair to Villa, like I said, they played very, very well against Everton, even without Grealish in the side. And that El Ghazi winner was uh, that was a sweet strike to say the least. It was beautiful. Uh, we already talked about that West Ham Everton game that's going to be Sunday at eleven thirty a.m. Then there's going to be Arsenal West Brom Sunday at two p.m. No one cares. Uh, Fulham Burnley Monday three p.m. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you already you already talked about Europa League for Arsenal. We don't need to talk about no, them anymore no, in the league. No. It's over. I league mean, we played Chelsea on Wednesday. I, I wouldn't mind talking. Well, oh, well, let's okay. We're, yeah, we're going to get to that in a in a, okay, a little okay. bit. Uh, Fulham Burnley on Monday, like I said. Then Manchester United Leicester Tuesday at one p.m. Again, tough to predict or call because of how hectic United's schedule has now become with this. Yeah, uh, this we don't know what how Manchester United are going to line up in this game because. You got to think that it's probably going to be a similar squad to what they play on Thursday. So, you know, I'm sure we'll see Daniel James. I'm sure we'll see, you know, Alex Telles. I'm sure we'll see just some of their backup players. You know, even even maybe, um, you know, they played like Telles on the wing and they play uh, Brandon Williams like at left back. And, you know, don't, don't be surprised if, if United for this Leicester game just try to go for like a nil-nil draw and just like... Which is good just, for Leicester. You yeah, know, just it, it, it helps Leicester it out. That, that from afar, at least as someone not involved with Manchester United, if you look at this week coming up for them, you would you would target the Aston Villa and Liverpool games, mainly because Liverpool is such a... Big rivalry. A big rival, yeah. You would target those two games to try and, you know, play your strongest team and and get results in. And the Leicester game, you just kind of 
not throw away, but it doesn't mean as much to them. Lester would close the gap if they won a little bit, but it probably wouldn't be enough to. I'm sure Donnie Vandebeek will make his appearance against Lester. No, 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 no. Oh, Ole he doesn't get to play to ever. Bench him. Ole will find a way to bench him. Right. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine that? If if Vandebeek doesn't start any of these next four games that United play, <laughs> like he just needs to be shot and killed, or like I don't know, because because like at that point he's clearly not a Manchester United player, and the meme I mean, will live on forever. If he doesn't start in Rome tomorrow, I think he uh, he he has a good case to submit a transfer request in the summer. <laughs> Yeah, first leg six two, and not to get a start on the, the in the second leg, that would just be. I, I'm gonna say horrific. I'm gonna say one nil Leicester actually against against Manchester United. I think that because they get to play on Friday and then they they you know get a, a good amount more rest than Manchester United do, who get who have to play Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. Just Woof! Absolutely wild. They play four games in a week. I don't think I've Yikes. ever seen or like heard of that. I'm sure every national team that's going to be competing in the Euros this summer, if any of them have Manchester United players that are important to them, I'm sure they're looking at this week and thinking, just get through it uninjured, please. Just like, I'm sure the Portuguese national team are like, please, Bruno, just get through this week without getting injured. We need you. Uh, Yeah, it's not ideal. But then on Tuesday, Southampton and Crystal Palace at 3.15 p.m. That's just a mention. And then uh, I think before the next time we record, Chelsea and Arsenal Wednesday three fifteen. This is your biggest game uh, left in the season, isn't it? Yeah, and in, in the the Premier League, yeah, this is the only like I don't, I don't I don't know if this is even in the top three for biggest games left in our season. I don't think so either. We've got two I mean, cup got, finals: Manchester finals, City and then you've got Leicester Man City and in the Leicester, league, yeah. and then Aston Villa. So it's a, it's a big game for us in that we this obviously this is honestly your probably your easiest game left this season. No, no, Villa. Villa are like above us in the table. Yeah, but I mean, we can we can beat them. It's also last day of the season, so they might, it might be a dead rubber for them. Like they I, might have I, nothing to play for. I'm just gonna come out and say I think we beat you here. I think that like we we're gonna be want to ruin your season and <laughs> like I, I just I don't know. I've got Even a feeling. if you beat us, it might not ruin our season. <laughs> like I really want to ruin your season. Like I really don't want you guys. Well, you know what would be what would be really like just typical Chelsea and like would make me just even more butthurt is if like we we, we beat you top four yeah you finish and, outside uh, top four like Champions West League. Ham are the fucking heroes and everyone's like yes West Ham and then you guys take <laughs> Champions League from them because like well, because I mean, we, if that we, happens we, oh, if that happens just know that we will 100% win Champions League if didn't we don't Chelsea get top already four. do that didn't Chelsea already do that against uh, Tottenham when Tottenham finished fourth and Chelsea Once finished sixth upon a time the year was 2012 Chelsea uh beat the Spanish champions in the Champions League semifinal. Uh, they won the FA Cup and they finished outside of top four, I think in sixth place, and then won the Champions League and got back into Champions League through that. Uh, so all of that is still on the table right now, but I, I think we're good enough and deep enough right now to still get top four and win the FA Cup and the Champions League. So yeah, it's all and, to play and for I mean, still. I think we're going to win this just kind of as a as a joke i mean chelsea are obviously going to be favorites in this even even if you don't play your full team well so much of it depends on how chelsea, we line up in that city game and what the result of it is if we draw I, that city I, game i think the biggest thing for me is the way that arteta's played in these top 6 you know so called like top 6 teams he's had a very good record so far especially against chelsea 
he seems to come up with good yeah, game plans against you guys. You have to throw that out. You have to throw that out. Yeah, you, you, I do. You know I better do than anyone else that he hasn't played Thomas Tuchel's team. Chelsea yet. He hasn't. He, he has, hasn't. He hasn't and played our 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 great. Let me three, let four, me transition three. here, Alex. I, well, not transition, but like I just wanted to you know give a little bit more praise to Thomas because I honestly now look at Chelsea as a team that under Tuchel, like yeah, I think you guys could challenge for the league against Liverpool and City and. You know, you're going to be perennial Champions League, like, you know, semifinal or quarterfinalists or, you know, like you'd made this year the, the final, it's, which is kind of crazy. It's just I, the job that Tuchel has done. I don't think anyone could have ever expected how well he's he started this job. And I think that you could see today on the pitch, the relationship he's quickly formed with the players and like the bond that he, he formed with them. He was like shoving Espiliqueta when he subbed him off and like was like hugging uh, Mason Mount, just like embracing him as if his long lost son had just come home. He was like, my my boy scoring like the second goal to bring us through. <sighs> yeah, I wish we had Mason Mount, man. He's, he's, he's just a god. Just Which a god. one would you rather have, Mason Mount or Thomas Tuchel? Mason Mount. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'd rather have Mason. I mean, it's just the, sorry uh, you were you were so hyped about uh, Tuchel. No, and but I, I am I am very butthurt that you guys got him and, and like pulled the trigger on that. And you know, any team that would have got him, like I wanted when we were we were got it getting rid of Unai Emery, like I wanted Thomas Tuchel and he was at PSG already by then, though, right? Yeah, and I know Manchester United also. You know, I'm sure well, that they were looking at him and thinking. Well, we were saying they should sack Solskjaer earlier in and the get season. Him. Yeah, that's what we were that saying. Really, well, not for Tuchel, for uh, Pochettino, um, but that obviously didn't happen. But yeah, I mean, and by that time, United had kind of turned it around, so the opportunity had been missed. But yeah, he uh, Tuchel could have gone to plenty of teams and uh, and done well for them. I'm, I'm sure Tottenham were looking at him around uh, th- that time as well and just sort of stuck with Mourinho because they were doing well enough in the league. So there's a lot of luck involved in this and timing that uh, just makes you happy to to take the good moments when you can get them. So I'm enjoying this uh, this Chelsea season and hopefully there's uh, plenty more good things to come. And, and, and one more, I think a, a couple more mentions I want to say for Chelsea, Kai Havertz, Finally, we coming already into, mentioned him. We already well, did it. A little bit more, because he's probably he <laughs> yes, was probably Javier, please. Yeah, he was probably one of my favorite players before he joined Chelsea, and he's just such a versatile player. You you he played on the left, I believe. Against was it Fulham over the weekend? Uh, no, he played up top, and Werner played on the left. Yeah, and he, like he's played up top, he's played on the left, he played on the right in this game. Werner played up top and he's it's just not really any like defined positions by the no, way but I just like, I just love seeing how he just kind of glides around the field and he's so silky on the ball there was one one play that he made against Casemiro where he took the ball in the middle of the field had his back to Casemiro like turned Casemiro and then like nutmegged him and just like went through him yeah, as if he wasn't there he, and I was just he like nutmegged Casemiro Cruz and Ferland Mendy I was just, all in the second half it was I just, was just I was just like, wow, like Kai, just God, like when he did that, I was like, he just made Casemiro one of the best like defensive midfielders in the world look like just like he wasn't there. And just that's, that's the magic that he was producing at Leverkusen and that we haven't really seen so far this season. But now that he's, you know, he had that bout with COVID. So you you give him the benefit of the doubt where, you know, he was in a new place. He had COVID even with the huge price tag. He's really coming through now in the business end for Chelsea. And guess what? If Chelsea go and win the Champions League, they're going to remember that Timo Werner, you know, scored the winner to get them through. And if he contributes in the final, I'm sure this 
you know, bad, quote unquote, bad season, which, you know, hasn't been that bad numbers wise. <laughs> yeah, it's not been bad. Um, but, you know, the, 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 all the pundits and everyone's been saying Timo's been, which to be fair, he has been. He's been dreadful finishing wise. Oh, you're talking but, about Timo specifically. I thought you were talking about Chelsea having a bad season. But No, no. I think yeah, Chelsea yeah. overall, you guys have just been dreadful finishing wise this season. It's why you don't have a player who has more than I think. Now I think Timo or Kai Havertz has like seven or eight goals, but still no, no player with double digit goals. Um, in any competition. And I think that that's something that can be remedied because the chances have been there defensively. You guys obviously have the, the, the players. It's just going to be coming down to getting the finishing. Cause you guys have played some lovely stuff this season. There's been some times where you've, you know, 15, 20 minutes where Chelsea have just completely destroyed the, the opposing team and have played beautiful back heels and flakes. And it, it, it's, it's it, the amount of attacking talent and defensive talent that Chelsea have is pretty disgusting. Um, I think if you just add like another mi- midfielder depth or two, that you know this is going to be a side that's going to be challenging for the for the title for the next few years. And scary things, scary stuff. Because I never thought that under Frank you guys would be what you are right now. Um, I, I I knew that the possibility was there with another manager, but I never thought that it, number one it could happen this quickly, and number two, it you know it would happen this season. So uh, I thought it would still be a couple more years of Chelsea kind of you know plugging things in and. But this is this kind of been the mo under uh, under Abramovich for Chelsea is you guys don't stay bad for very long you you know within and even a year when we're or bad, two we're not that bad yeah within a we're year or two the, the own, teams like, like back challenging for the title making it to Champions League finals and FA Cup finals and even on your bad years you win an FA Cup or something like that so yeah we're gonna have to get you uh, on that Chelsea specific pod that me and Hugo are still planning on on doing since you love gushing about Chelsea so much. No, no, no. I had to give you a little bit of praise because I've, <laughs> I've been, I've been, you know, shitting on Chelsea a lot in these last few pods, calling you money grubbing oil blood bastards. Yeah, but we we understand that are, just because you're salty you about being an Arsenal fan. We understand yeah, that, and but we, we all know that that's that. true, and that really this Champions League doesn't count if you win it. You know, it's just money that bought it anyway. Right, it's just, you, you it's pretty much save the that, Super League. You can title. save that for the Champions League final preview. How about that? Because uh, we've got to go. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's fair. I don't want to keep dragging these people on. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Very excited for this Champions League final and for these last uh, few games of the season. Uh, Javier, thanks for jumping on with me. One tough week. fuck, Arsenal. Come on. Show up for once in your fucking lives. Keep an eye out for Andrew's uh, Plus Money pod coming out, coming out later this week. You can follow us on social media at ASMOS92 for my Twitter and Instagram, at JavierRev9 for Javier's Twitter, at Andrew Passaro for Andrew's Instagram and Twitter, and at Ghost Pod for the podcast socials. And until next time, see you.